0: Hello, and welcome to this long overdue edition of the Lakerside Chats. I am your host, Alan Ramich. Coming off five exams, we are finally back. Got my Brandon, Brendan Shorb to my Joe Rogan here. Jabbar <laughs> this. welcome, sir, once more.
1: Thank you, Thank you, kind sir, I appreciate you having me again.
0: So, we said that this podcast was going to be super positive, however... <laughs> <laughs> we did not envisage last night happening <laughs>
1: yeah i didn't see a 30 plus point beatdown coming when i you know when i vowed to be positive
0: the thing is that when, when we were discussing to the start doing the podcast and to do it this week mm-hmm. i was there like there's really not that much to be negative about like everything's going well there's one big thing to be negative about we'll, we'll get to it mm-hmm. but then last night happened and I don't know about you. Last night I just felt like one of those games in the NBA where the effort wasn't there. And once the Lakers realized it was 20, 25 points, it was insurmountable, and then just packed it in even further.
1: Exactly, exactly. It was a perfect storm. And LeBron, you know, as as we talked about in, in in the pre-show here, LeBron pretty much summed it up properly. Sometimes you just get your butt kicked. You you kind of had the perfect perfect storm in this game. You had Boston, you know, kind of reeling, not do you know, not playing well really needing that type of effort that type of performance you've got the rivalry of it you've got you know the Lakers uh didn't you know the effort just was not there the, you know the, the the max effort that we've seen you know for large stretches of this season you know wasn't there they were getting beat to beat on the glass they were getting beat to loose balls Boston got hot started hitting shots got out in transition so you know honestly I, I chalked that up to while it was frustrating to watch I chalked it up to some nights that that's just going to happen
0: and that's, I feel like that's the only time something like this has happened this season. So, what,
1: exactly.
0: so we're 43 games, 42, 43 games in now, and it's happened once. Like this team, I've loved them because of the effort they've given consistently. While you don't want them to pack it in against Boston of all teams, it happens. You don't choose the nights that you pack it in. I feel like AD getting into foul trouble early messed with our rotations a lot, especially with LeBron's minutes, and I feel like that didn't help.
1: and plus A D was a step slow and and that's understandable. He's been out for like if I'm not mistaken, what a week and a half. Uh so you know, the the wind didn't seem to quite be there and he seemed to be a a, you know a a bit off. But you know, to be honest with you, by the time they face the Knicks I would I, I would figure that he'll knock a lot of that rust off and they you know, they should look, you know, somewhat back to normal.
0: Would you be surprised, we'll, we'll continue to talk about the Boston game, but while you mention the Knicks, would you be surprised if LeBron and AD went off for like a combined 80 points in Madison Square Garden?
1: Wouldn't be shocked in the slightest. I wouldn't even be shocked to see if one of those guys doesn't see Kuzma, you know, like you know, somehow put together, you know, one of those big games. Guys like playing in the garden, just like guys, you know, folks like playing, uh, you know, in Staples. Over these last, you know, six, seven years, we, even when the Lakers were down, folks would get up. You know, you saw the games. They would get up and be ready for those games, we, even though the Knicks have been a joke for the, you know, just about the same amount of time, if not longer. People get, you know, people come to play when, it, you know, under the bright lights of Madison Square Garden. So I would not be shocked at all.
0: There's just something special about that place, isn't there? You know, like, as a, just as a basketball fan, like, it's it, it has to be on your bucket list of places you want to go watch a basketball game. Do you know what I mean?
1: Yeah, no, honestly, sadly, I've never been able to, but it is absolutely on my bucket list. And it would help if the Knicks were somewhat good, you know, here and there. <laughs> it, would, it would make it worth, more of a worthwhile trip, but I definitely have to get that in.
0: For me, being a Laker fan in the UK, going to Madison Square Gardens is a lot more feasible than going to Staples.
1: There you go. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Was the flight half as long?
0: Uh, It's not even that, it's half the price.
1: (laughs) That too. Yeah, I can can see how that would be the case.
0: So heading back to the Boston game. uh, The the biggest negative uh, in the negative of losing by 30 plus points to your arch rivals was one Rajon Rondo. Now I know he hasn't been good for the entire season near enough. He's had stretches where he's been serviceable. However... Last night, that first slash second quarter spell was arguably the worst stretch I've seen from a Laker player in about two years. <laughs>
1: That's including last year, huh? Okay. <laughs> no, I, look, the, the, the truth of the matter is this. I do my best not to pile on and not to just harp on the same topic over and over. And with, and that becomes difficult with this particular Laker team, specifically because of how good they've been. So anytime you have a team that's done as well as they've done, it, it will come across as harping, uh, you know, the, 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 the few negatives that you can point to. But Rajon Rondo's play has been a negative. Like, I don't, you know, I don't have the numbers in front of me. I don't know whether he's actually technically a net negative, but the offense, everything slows up when he gets into the game. Um, He's had a few moments here and there, and he had that one stretch of like six to ten games where, you know, he was hidden from outside, so it was at least, it at least made sense to have him on the court, but... Outside of those moments where he's really knocking down that you know that, that outside shot in order to you know create the spacing needed to you know continue to have an offense that flows, there's really no point for him to be on the court. And last oh, night was last night was definitely one of those.
0: Absolutely, uh, I think it was Daman Rangula who's a fantastic follow for all Laker fans out there. I'm sure you follow him as well. Absolutely, great guy. You know, mm-hmm. one of the best people on Twitter. He summed it up perfectly. He went, Danny Ainge's plan of putting a counter agent in the Lakers just to ruin him at that peak is the best thing he's ever done, you know, so.
1: Yeah, you know, I. I and, and that's the thing. Like, I can't even necessarily fault him. And this is where you kind of I'm, – I'm at that in-between place because I don't want to fault Vogel, uh, you know, for having to play him. There are definitely times where he plays him far too long, and I don't understand ever having him on the court at the same time as LeBron. Um. But for the most part, you know, like, he doesn't really have a viable option, you know, like, you know, like, in replacement of of LeBron whenever he goes to, the, you know, whenever he goes to the bench. And I know we're going to get to it later on, but that's something that I actually put on Polinka that, like, look, I'm not saying that he hasn't done a, a a pretty good job in a lot of cases, and a very good job, uh, you know, in in, in totality. Uh, but there are glaring holes on this roster that absolutely must be addressed before the postseason run, and that's one of them. No,
0: I agree with you on that one, absolutely. The biggest question I want to ask is, I personally, like we said earlier, it's just one of those things that happens in the NBA. Sometimes you just get your ass whooped, like LeBron said. I'm not particularly worried because the way we've seen this group, the biggest thing I'm worried about is we don't have that second playmaker. We have AD, who, don't get me wrong, but it's different when you have a ball handler who's your second playmaker coming off the bench who can just alleviate a little bit of the pressure when LeBron's on off the floor um, apart from that I don't really have any worries coming out from that game I don't know about you you know you, you can answer that yourself but there are no major worries
1: the second thing that that was that, that was evident to me was that they still need a big body perimeter uh, defender when Jason Tatum started going off when Jalen Brown started going off, they really didn't have an answer because the only guy that's on that, that can play on the perimeter that has any sort of true physicality is LeBron. And if you're expecting him to run your offense and you know lead the league in assists and continue to generate everything, while yes, it's great that he's been you know, you know showing that he's shown so much of a improved defensive effort this year, you don't necessarily you don't want to you know put yourself in a position where you have to rely upon that. Quite frankly, it will wear him down. I recognize he's a cyborg, you know he's this, he's that, but He's still a 35-year-old guy with that many miles on his body. And while, you know, yes, it's been great that he stayed relatively healthy this year, you don't want to wear him down. You don't want to harden. You don't want to do the harden to him. Um, not that Harden is wasting <laughs> a lot of his energy on defense, but, you know, but you I, I'm sure you and your listeners understand what I mean when I say that. Um, so... I, and this is actually something that I pointed out the very first game of the year, uh, right after the Clipper game, you know, when they wound up having to throw KCP on Kawhi. It was not fair. Um, we all, you know, we all denigrated and, and totally you know, trashed KCP for it. But the truth of the matter is that was just a terrible matchup. And it's just it, it's it's not something that's realistic. When you come to when you get down to a playoff series against a lot of the teams out west, you're going to have to have big, you know, big wings that you can put on some of these scores. Otherwise, you're going to be you know, otherwise you could be in trouble.
0: No, I agree. In my opinion, I think there's two defenders who can defend wings on our squad. And that's LeBron which you don't want him defending the best wing, though, because of mm-hmm. how much load he'll have offensively, especially in the postseason, and Danny Green. I think Danny Green's fantastic at it as well. I feel mm-hmm. like with Danny Green, the way he's shot, well, we we say the way he shot, he's still shooting like 39% for the year. So mm-hmm. he's, he's had he's regressed for his standards, but for NBA standards, he's still an elite three-point shooter defensively he's still been at the same level he's been at the past four or five years so while I feel very confident in Danny Green I feel like KCP is a lot better to match with undersized twos and ones and I think he does a really good job at that I think KCP we dogged him at the start of the year but credit to the guy he's been unbelievable since the first five games of the season and I go on
1: no, no, I, I, my bad. You, you know, I'm chomping at the bit. I, I I am the first to admit I was wrong after that. For after those first couple games, he's not only is he significantly better uh, and, and 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 more efficient. He's a he's a different player when he's with that starting lineup. And and you know what? That's a credit to Vogel. That absolutely is a credit to Vogel because when you know whether he's you know whether he's with the starting lineup or just you know playing a majority of his minutes with the starters, it's you know it's a you know, it, it's it's like night and day. So, yeah, I agree with you. you you hit the money, you know you hit the nail on the head in terms of you know he's best against undersized twos as well as ones. um yes, he's a gamer, so he's going to go out there and do what he can against threes, but it I don't think like i said i I, I put that on I put that on Polinka and I put that on Vogel to figure that out and not put him in that position.
0: like I think against Lou Williams, I think if it comes to that, if we face the clippers. We've seen it. I think he does a really good job on people like Lou Williams. You Mm -hmm. know, he he makes them incapable of doing what they usually do because he doesn't really... He bites sometimes at the three-point shot and picks up stupid fouls. But on the whole part, he's very, very good. And as Laker fans, and you know me, I don't usually go into superlatives like this because, you know, because basketball's so up and down. But A, he's absolutely deserved it. And B... If we didn't have KCP in a lot of situations, we would have lost a lot more games, in my opinion. Anyway,
1: at the very, I agree with you. Yeah, you know, he he has been a pivot. Look, uh, the the reason why I give Palinka credit is because the parts that are there, a majority of them fit. They you know they they are good. Folks have served their role. KCP has done well. Dwight has obviously been you know one of the storylines. You know of the first half. Uh, you know, like all, you know when Avery Bradley is healthy, he you know he also plays well in his role. It's just that they also need you know the big wings and they also need one more playmaker. But I I do believe there's time, and I and I think that they will uh, find a way to bring those guys in. Which to be
0: honest, is credit to Polinka with what happened with what transpired with Kawhi, the way mm-hmm. he had to add pieces on the well not on the fly, but the way he just reverted to Plan B straight away. I think he did a really good job of building the roster with what we had. Um, and like you said, there is holes. I think every, I think there isn't one NBA team this year that doesn't have significant holes on, which is a good for us, which is a good thing for us, which is really good because it helps us out a lot. Like I we said, we'll get to like you know discussing about how we get these players, but the fact that we're only one to two players off. I argue, even though the big wing is important, I argue that the secondary playmaker is a lot more important. Just because we're so impotent without LeBron handling the ball, it's crazy.
1: Yeah, I go back and forth on that one. And the coach, you know, I know you will understand this. The coach in me wants that wing defender because I always want that. You know, I always want Absolutely. that. But I, but I do agree. I do agree. The playmaking, the secondary playmaking is, you know, it, it's it's non-existent. Um, I would love, I would love for that person to be Caruso. Th- that's not his game. It, you know, it, or at least at this stage in his career, that's not his game. I would love for that person to be Avery Bradley. That's not it. You're not going to get that from Troy Daniels. And you're not going to get that from Quinn Cook. I will actually credit Palinka in this. They thought a lot of secondary playmaking was going to come from Boogie Cousins. And a lot of folks out there, you may say like from a center. Yes. We you know for those of us that you know that appreciate his game that or that have appreciated his game you know throughout his career I will get, I will say I, I I get what the idea was but it would have been nice if they just had one more guy you know beyond you know beyond Boogie especially Boogie coming off of those injuries
0: No I agree with you and and I think that's really patently obvious with with how that the roster was transformed because if you have LeBron, AD, and Boogie on at the same time you don't mm. really need another playmaker so. But it's just so unfortunate with what happened with Boogie, You know, this is a guy that, you know, he talked to a lot of NBA people, everyone, you know, most people just have positive things to say about the Marcus Cousins. And the way, obviously, the whole um, thing happened with his domestic violence case and it got dropped, which is a good sign, which means that there wasn't really any evidence there. Obviously, we're not legal people, so we can't get into that. Mm-hmm. But... On the whole, I felt really sorry for the dude because it seemed like he was really excited. And I don't know if you saw the videos when he when he first signed with us. He uh-huh. seemed like he slimmed down like thirty to forty pounds. Like he was ready. He was he, really excited.
1: You know, a lot of folks, listeners and all, they you know they won't necessarily feel sorry, you know, for an NBA player or a professional athlete in general. But honestly, Boogie. I don't want to say he's been screwed, but he's, you know what? He's been screwed by his own body over the last few years. If you think about, you know, he was heading into an off season, you know, was it three years ago now where he would, he probably would have been offered as much as 25 to $30 million a year at the very least $20 million a year. Um, so to, you know, and, and in, if I'm not mistaken in, even after he got hurt initially, uh, with new Orleans, I think they even offered him a two year, $20 million deal or something along, you know, something along those lines. Now, I understood why he bet on himself, wanted to bank on himself and also uh, have the opportunity to win a title, you know, with Golden State. But ultimately, you know, like I said, I I, he's really just been kind of like let down by his body. And, you know, as someone that truly loves the league and loves the history of the game, it would it it would be unfortunate to me if he doesn't find a way to make it back on the court, like in a in a real true and meaningful way.
0: No, I agree with you. And um, with Boogie, I don't know if you've heard any rumblings. Some stuff that I've heard is that the Lakers are actually, which I don't understand. Like I'd give him the entire season to rehab, Mm -hmm. but the Lakers are genuinely hopeful that he might be back for the playoff run.
1: I, I heard March. I heard you will see him on the court in March. Really? Yes. Wow. Now, who knows? absolutely that, you know, that person may not know what they're talking about but they were pretty definitive about it that don't be surprised if you see boogie on the court in march like the start of march they'll start you know you know how they leaked this footage of hey look he's shooting around and then they ramped that up at least that's what i was told well to be
0: honest like looking at his workouts that he was doing with phil handy the mm-hmm. three, you know the two to three minutes that we got that doesn't look like a guy who's four months away from getting on the court
1: there you go you know. There
0: you go. But the one thing I am worried about is with the Achilles, which I've torn myself twice. Ooh. So if anyone has any experience with Achilles injuries, it's me. That's a hard enough injury to come back from. Then with a the torn quad and a torn ACL, mm-hmm. it's crazy what this guy's been through. Um, if we could get him and e- if he could just get back to 60% of what he was, that's an mm-hmm. X factor for the Lakers that no other team has.
1: Now I will say this: you, you you won't be able to play him against uh, against certain matchups, or at least my anticipation would be that you, you wouldn't necessarily be able to play him against certain matchups because even in like, you know, like even when he you know, when he came back and he was playing well, uh, you know, in those ga- that game and a half or maybe even two games, you know, with Golden State uh th- there were definite stretches where it was like you okay yes he's effective on the offensive end but he's it, he was so slow and so be you know, so behind pace uh defensively and laterally that you know it, it I don't I, I don't know if you if you're the Lakers if you could necessarily bank on that that's the only reason why I'm saying it I want him to come back and I hope he proves me wrong and I hope he finds a way to you know to, you know, to do all of the things that he's once did on the court but you know Part of me is still a little bit gun shy in terms of expectation when it comes to him, because even if he does come back and he looks good, like like you kind of just alluded to when you've torn the Achilles and you've torn the quad and you've torn the ACL, you never know, you know, what's going to happen next with your know, with your limbs.
0: No, absolutely. Let's because I haven't recorded a episode since Rob Palinka signed his extension. I do want to get a little bit into that. Okay. I personally. As you know, we've recorded about Rob Polinko in April slash May. We we did we while while we did dog on him, which I don't you know like dismiss. I did. uh, Mm -hmm. I also was very wrong. But we also did throw it, we all we always did say there was always a chance that there was always Magic Johnson that was the incompetent one. As much mm-hmm. as it pained for us to say that, <laughs> you yeah. know, being diehard Laker fans and Magic being your favourite player of all time, it did mm-hmm. pain us to say something like that. But what it has shown me is, A, he's a very smart person. B, he doesn't let stuff, he doesn't let information get out, which is very hard in today's NBA and C, he seems like he knows what he's doing, and he has the respect of LeBron in particular. Like, LeBron doesn't shout people out just by hook or crook. Do you know what I mean? You have to really impress LeBron James to get a shout out like he did on Twitter.
1: So I'm right there with you, I, but I, I'm going to be honest with you. I think both things could have been true. While, yes, Magic's place isn't necessarily in the front office, Um, I think – from what I saw last year, I, I'm not going to I'm not going to just say like, oh, that was magic. I think both of them did a poor job across the board last year. And it to to be honest with you, because I see polink as an intelligent individual, because I think that he is smart enough to learn from, you know, the, whether it's his own error or someone associated with him, their, you know, their past error. That's what gives me, you know, if I'm a Lakers fan, that gives me reason to truly be, you know, be hopeful moving forward. Uh, look. Rob Palinka, regardless of what you know what you know what that situation was last year I think I even said it on your show even if he's a snake as long as he's your snake you're good as long as he's your snake it doesn't matter what you know how you know like how you know so, you know uh, what's what's the guy is it Aaron Mintz that he's that he has to beef yeah. with yeah it doesn't matter what Aaron Mintz thinks of him as long as he can take care of business you know, you know with everyone else you're good. If you don't end up with Julius Randle, okay. Enjoy that uh, Aaron Mintz. Enjoy that New York. Ultimately, I think he's doing a good job, but now is the time that honestly, he can really show me something. If he can if he can find a way to bring in a Darren Collison, if he can find a way to bring in another playmaker, if he can find a way to you know if if ultimately flipping coups you know is the situation, if he can find a way to maximize that talent and 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 bring in, you know, that third guy, I'll give him I'll give him all the credit in the world. Now I will say this: I'm happy for him. I'm glad he got that promotion and that raise, or and, and all of the different things that went into it. But I'm not just going to you know blindly align myself to him because you know how I am. <laughs> you you got to show me. I'm like the state of Missouri. You, I'm the show me state. You Got to show me.
0: <laughs> no, no, no. I agree with you. Like I, as you know, I'm 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 very much the same. I'm not blindly attaching myself to Polenka whatsoever. Yeah. However, credit where credit's due. Like mm-hmm. if you told me in May that this guy would be getting an extension in January and we'd all be, we'd all be saying, yeah, he deserves it. <laughs> I would not have believed you whatsoever.
1: Agreed. Yeah, I wouldn't have either, which is the reason why I'll eat that crow. Yeah. <laughs> I'll absolutely eat that crow, because I, I I would have bet against it. Yeah.
0: I, I just, I don't know, part of me still wishes that he could have kept one of Brandon Ingram or Lonzo Ball in that AD trade. But... You know, hindsight's twenty twenty. You you don't you don't let that impact an Anthony Davis trade though, as we've said plenty of times, and I still believe that. As much as I love watching the Pelicans, and they are definitely after the Lakers, my favorite watch in the NBA. You know,
1: mm-hmm.
0: but I, I don't know about you, but I still feel like that trade ten times out of 10.
1: 11 out of ten. Like honestly, and, and this is coming from somebody that is a Brandon Ingram stand. I was one of the very and look. You know how people will say after the fact, "Well, I always saw it." And yes, in some cases that's the case, but in a lot of cases they're you know it's just uh, convenient. You know, kind of moving the goalposts. I was on radio in his rookie year when everybody said he looked terrible. I was on radio saying this guy is next. Watch him. He's six foot eight, six foot nine. He's and 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 I'm not going to lie to you. I will take that victory lap because I you know, because I was being told you're crazy, you're wrong, you don't know what you're talking about. Look at you know like you know, he, you know he's a bust. It meant, people weren't even just questioning him; they were labeling him a bust. So it, I'm not going to lie to you; it makes me feel like a proud papa to see tiny <laughs> dog, to see tiny dog doing his thing. I love I love watching those Pelicans teams, you know th- those Pelicans players, and I hope that they're successful.
0: Well, you know me; I've always been on the Lonzo Ball train. Mm-hmm. You know, ever since we've started, you know talking that lonzo i've always been so high on him and i i went as much as to say when he came out in 2017 i would have picked him number one overall that's how high i was on him i just thought he's so special that if he could get his shooting at an nba league average level Mm -hmm. he he just hits another level and he's done that and people are coming back to me going yo we didn't realize he was this good. I'm like, have you not been watching the Lakers?
1: <laughs> Do you know what it is a lot of times when 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 it's the young Lakers players in particular? You know, we we as NBA Twitter and NBA loving fan, you know, you know, fans in general, uh, oftentimes will kind of poo poo another team's, you know, young guys. Uh, folks really do that with the Lakers, and there, you know, if, if we're going to be honest about it, there are a lot of folks out there that didn't want to see the Lakers, you know, do well. There are a lot of folks out there that hoped that those, all those young guys really did suck, and then they hoped that, you know, when they got when they ended up with AD, that you know it, it would not turn out right. Well, guess what, folks? You can hope <laughs> you can hope in one hand and, and do something else in the other and see which one fills up first because <laughs> those young guys are good. AD is good. They uh, AD and LeBron fit right, and they fit well and you know what we're all you know, we're all the better for it what about the defense the defense won't work kovady and lebron that's what i heard <laughs> oh I, we were told that we were saying it's going to be difficult for them to fit you know amongst one another they play the same position i, I don't <laughs> care about those same folks i don't hear those folks saying that anymore they've they, they've chosen something else to obsess over now
0: oh what's it called the, the one thing that i got i think palinka got a hundred percent right credit to him by the way was a frank vogel hire i i, I remember we were texting about it uh, in the summer mm-hmm. when i told you that i thought just listening to frank vogel's and we we prefaced it by saying it was an introductory press conference he prepared for it it was when magic went on first take i don't know if you remember it
1: oh i remember <laughs> the same day
0: literally 20 minutes beforehand it was crazy Uh, But the way he talked, how eloquent he was, how he gathered the room, I thought he was the perfect adult to have. I thought he could, you know, obviously, from all accounts, he'd already had LeBron's respect from his Indiana days, which I understand because Indiana was... I know Miami had troubles with Dallas when they beat him in 2011 and then the Spurs. I truly think that LeBron's biggest challenge in Miami... Was beating them Indiana teams. I don't know what you think. So I feel like he garnered a lot of respect for Frank Vogel during that period. And the fact that he's just built with that, obviously, Rajon Rondo aside, I think he's got almost every decision right from apart from Rondo.
1: You know, I'm, I'll say this. I agree one hundred percent, and we don't have to like, you know, uh, and, and I'm speaking generally, not like you're doing this, but we don't have to, you know, change, you know, change the conversation after the fact. Um, it's kind of like in the situation. I don't know how closely you 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 follow college football. Um, uh, oh,
0: okay. Yeah, I, I love uh, it. Yeah.
1: When when USC back in the day, when they were when they were looking to hire Pete Carroll, or excuse me, when they ended up hiring Pete Carroll. He was like their third or fourth option. They went after you know three other big you know, three other bigger names everyone and guys everyone
0: turned that had, them down. It, you, I'm sorry? Everyone turned them down as far as it, I remember. Exactly.
1: Exactly. They were getting turned down left and right. But then for whatever reason, they bring in Pete Carroll. And the rest is history. It was a perfect fit at the at the perfect time, and that's what I kind of look at at this Vogel situation. He was not their first choice. We we don't have to lie about it. We can, we can be up front. When I first saw that they finally settled on him, I thought, okay, <laughs> all right, you know, you know, he was good in Indiana. Cool. I hope he's you know advanced as an offensive coach. You know, moving from you know at this point, I hope it doesn't end up being crazy uh, with the dynamics with Jason Kidd on that bench. I hope it does. You know, I I was hopeful. But I definitely did not believe I I was hopeful after that press conference, but I definitely did not believe. So that's all the more of a testament to the job that Frank Vogel has done. To the job that Polinka, you know, the job that Polinka did in, you know, uh, you know, completing the due diligence and still, you know, coming back around and and and, and sticking with Frank and a, and honestly a testament to all of those to that entire coaching staff because there are a lot of you know a, a lot of guys that have been in the lead position on that staff and you know what I I truly think that they deserve credit for being able to just you know what this is this is what it is we've got one mission and we're going to put it all together.
0: You know, and there's been no rumblings, has there, like, of any discontent from any of the coaches. There's not been no overmining, no undermining, Mm -hmm. nothing like that, you know. And I was really worried about the Jason Kidd aspect. However, I I, I feel like Frank Vogel, what he's done is he's taken that in his stride. I feel like he's taken Jason Kidd and been like, you can relate to LeBron James, relate Mm -hmm. to him. You you know, Lionel Hollins, again, a, a guy who, you know why While a lot of people didn't enjoy the grit and grind memphis as a coach i loved them teams
1: oh yeah to death. I, I, I did as well i, I thought he got I, I thought he got a unfair shake you <laughs> know like if i'm not mistaken he didn't he win coach of the year and get fired the next year
0: yeah they brought in dave yeager
1: yeah and then fired him <laughs> <laughs> so, Dave
0: you know, Yeager's a really good coach though as well like you know if you are going to replace Lionel Hollins with someone Dave Yeager was I understand that to be fair
1: I I understand it from the perspective of okay we want to you know we want to insert some offense Yeah, we we've got the grid and grind players so let's go ahead and insert some offense but I still say Lionel Hollins got a you know got an unfair deal on that but yeah to your point you're exactly right and you know what we have to give Jason Kidd actual credit because I did not think he'd be able to help himself. And, we're, and we can we can have the conversation of like if things were going differently, if things hadn't started off so well, maybe they do. do you know, maybe you do hear some rumblings. But either way, we didn't. We haven't. And I, I and I think that uh, I think uh, all of those guys are due some respect for that.
0: Well, I think happened with Jason Kidd is I think he's heard that if he does a good job in the Lakers, he'll get head coaching consideration from other teams. Uh-huh. I, I, I can almost put my head on it. So I feel like he's on best behavior as well, because I don't know if you remember when David Fizdale got fired. Oh, yeah. It was one of the most prominent names to be linked with that New York job. It was oh, Jason yeah. Kidd.
1: Jason Kidd's going to get that Knicks job. <laughs> I think that? so as well. I, I think, look, I think the Lakers at the very least are going to be in for a deep run. He'll be, you know, he'll be showcased and he'll also have, you know, players like LeBron vouching for him. So I, you know, you know, more power to him. Um, You know, if he winds up going over there, I wouldn't mind Fisdale taking his place. L.A. L.A. guy Fisdale taking his place.
0: You know, I really like David Fisdale. I, I think he's a really good coach. I feel like Memphis didn't work out because he was in between eras and then New York's a mess.
1: Yeah, like you look at that roster and it's funny because, you know what, shout out to the Knicks fans. 18 uh, I got a bunch power forwards. Right. Yeah, come on. Like you, you look at that and it's like, that's not going to work. And, and David Fisdale realized that. Now, if you want to criticize him for like for mailing it in this year, I get that, but He saw the writing on the wall. That 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 was writing in marker, not even pencil. (laughs) Like it it was etched in stone. Like he was gone at some point.
0: Yeah, like he could do nothing about it. It was just, you know, he 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 was gone. It was just the timing of when he was gone. Exactly, just a matter of time. No, so I agree with you. I I, and again, it's a guy who LeBron respects the hell out of, you know, Uh from his days in Miami. So, Yeah. yeah. Well. Let's get into the part that everyone, I think, is talking about. Trade deadline is coming soon. There's two main players being linked in the point guard position with the Lakers. Darren Collison, a few weeks ago, apparently, according to Adrian Wojnarowski, who is the best at this thing, um, he said that he's considering coming back from retirement to play for either the Lakers or the Clippers. Now, I feel like the Clippers' name is thrown in there to garner interest for the clippers
1: Mm -hmm.
0: i feel like darren collison if he does come back sees an easier path to play with the lakers and also he can get a lot more money playing
1: for the lakers Uh, yeah well i mean just from honestly just from an on a a realistic on-court perspective the lakers are the are the team that you know that, that can provide that like if you're the Clippers and you're right in the midst of this you know the best run of your you know of your franchise and you obviously the best opportunity that you're going to have in order to finally win a title, it isn't like you're going to say hey Patrick Beverly get out of here. It isn't like you're going to say you know Shamed or you know or even move Lou Williams out, you know like out of the way it, you know for him. So the re- only reason why, you know why it would even make sense you know, to, you know to go to the Clippers is if the Lakers were good at that spot. The fact that they've got that glaring hole. To me, I agree with you. I think the Clippers are only just being thrown in there. Not saying that it's not not even anywhere near a possibility, but from a realistic perspective, I think they're being thrown in there, uh, you know, you know, just to make it a more interesting storyline.
0: Whoa, are you telling me that the Clippers are garnering headlines in the m- national media, you know, because they need attention?
1: Well. <laughs> 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 I I wouldn't necessarily say it's because they need attention, but I will say that uh, having been, you know, like a a guy that, you know, actively covered the NBA for, you know, three, four years, you know, for four seasons, uh, I do know that I do know situations where you kind of have to not not create, but let's just say generate uh, more, you know, generate sexier headlines, generate sexier topics. Than just saying, hey, Darren Collinson wants to come back from retirement, and you know what? The the word on the street is that he's, he's considering the Lakers, uh, you, know, you know, heavily.
0: I also think that there might have been an offshore payment of some. I'm not, I'm not <laughs> involving anyone in this. By the way, this mm-hmm. is just a rumor that I have made up before I, you know, get sued <laughs> or whatever. Um, I, I, I. I can imagine that Steve Ballmer has plenty of offshore accounts with the names of Adrian Wojnarowski, Ramona Shelbourne, uh, 20 other ESPN national media outlets, no matter who you work for, trying to generate buzz for the Clippers, which there's nothing wrong with by the way, like get your bag, like you know what I mean, I'm not, I'm not blaming anyone in the slightest if they are doing something like that, but yeah. it does seem a little fishy to me.
1: Look, when when Lee Jenkins went, okay. So this is the thing about the Clippers, and and you know what, on a on a Lakers podcast, a definitively you know you know Lakers uh, centric podcast, I'm gonna I'm gonna give the Clippers some props. When Steve Ballmer took over, I thought, okay, who is this clown? Why is he so red in the face? What the hell is he so sweaty for? What is This, this is not going to work. Look, what are they doing? Bringing in a mascot? I thought it was just going to be the Clippers, you know, Clips going to clip, and you know you know, for eternity. I absolutely have to give them credit. Not only, you know, they, they hit the ground running uh, in terms of, uh, you know, looking to kind of change the outlook, change the, you know, the, um, you know, the marketing strategy, change, like, you know, the entire approach uh, in terms of their representation around the city. They did a great job with that. Uh, he did a good job in terms of uh, getting that front office together, putting, you know, putting pieces in place. Uh, You know, putting you know people that are smarter than him, you know, when it comes to basketball, you know, in the right places to be successful. When they hired Lee Jenkins, I thought, oh hell, okay, they really are going for it because Lee Jenkins is obviously one of the most respected, or at one point was one of the most respected sports writers or or basketball writers, if not the most respected, and a guy that had a lot of friends within the media and around the league. So it's been brilliant. You know, like all of these steps have been brilliant. So. In saying that, it doesn't surprise me that, like you mentioned, Ramona is showing them love. Like Woge is showing them love. It doesn't it doesn't surprise me. Um I, I, I actually give them credit for that. That's one of the things that they've done exceptionally well.
0: Like don't get me wrong, I wasn't saying like anything bad about it. I was like, you know what? It's an advantage that you can create. You know, there's no rules about it, there's no bylaws, it's never been done before. Why not be the first team to try and do something like that? I, I respect yeah. the hustle you know try and find every single advantage you can especially when it's literally a game of margins right now between the Lakers and the Clippers I'm talking like one to two percent could tip it the entire way between these two teams
1: yeah no absolutely and, and of course I wasn't accusing you of that it was just more of like the general conversation when it comes no, no, to, I know you know like uh, especially amongst us you know in Lakers nation or amongst Lakers fans you know, we, we like to dog them. We like to put them down. We like to keep them in their place as, you know, little brother. But, you know, sometimes, you know, it, it's kind of like, I don't know. Do, do you have siblings? Yes. Do you, do you have younger siblings? Two brothers, younger, both. There you there you go. So it's kind of like when that first time your little brother, like, either does something physical, like, that, you know, that you're like, oh, or it, like, beats you in a race or whatever the case may be. I, I, I will give little brother respect in this regard there, you know, all of a sudden little brothers looking at me in the eye, all of a sudden. And we're not talking about from a historical perspective. We're talking about right now. He's looking me in the eye. I don't necessarily like that. And I might have to put him back down, but I will give him his credit.
0: No, absolutely.
1: <laughs>
0: I, I, I will, what's it called? Give you the floor on Darren Collison, because as we've talked plenty of times, You've made it clear that Darren Collison is the guy that you absolutely uh, pine him for for the Lakers to sign.
1: Oh, man. OK, so this is the reason. One, you can get him without having to get it. Give anybody up. You still have your assets or your players, uh, you know, to work with, you know, play or, you know, m- you'll know, move on Two, He's instantly a guy that, you know, that that, that can knock it down from outside. Uh, you, if I'm not mistaken, he's had several years where he's over 40 percent. Um, he's a guy that can playmate, not just you know, not just a guy that can initiate offense. He can actually create and generate offense for others as well as himself. So the reason why it's a no-brainer to me, and and yes, of course, it's nice that he's a Southern California guy, nice that he's, you know, he may or may not have grown up a Lakers fan. That, that's all fine and dandy. But he's he he answers a lot of questions that they have right now without having to give anybody up. And it leaves you in a position to, where you can still go to work and fill, you know, fill other holes or shore up other other positions. Oh,
0: I agree with you. I feel like there's only two viable options anyway. I think number one is Darren Collison. And mm-hmm. I think he should be number one. But I feel like I feel like the Lakers, if they feel like Darren Collison will not sign, mm-hmm. they need to scrap it and just go for Plan B and go and try and get Derrick Rose. You know, yeah. while, while it's not MVP Derrick Rose, he's, uh, in my opinion, he's been in the top 15 point guards in the NBA so far this season. And that might be being harsh, but I'm just saying, you know, 100% been in the top 15 point guards in the NBA this season so far.
1: He could definitely be starting for a team. Like, like I'm not saying he can start for all teams, and he can't start, and, and I wouldn't necessarily say that he can start on the best teams, but I, de- I 100% agree with you. He could be starting in you know, right now. Uh, the one thing I'll say about uh, you know, about Derrick Rose is this. Uh, if as long as that deal doesn't involve Kuzma and I know we kind of talked about this leading in, as long as that deal doesn't involve Kuzma, I'm one, I'm, you know, I, I'd be all for it. You, you can't sleep on 20, you know, 20 plus points off your bench, you know, like instant offense, you know, type situation. And also a guy that obviously can, you know, can, you know, uh, can initiate offense. Um, So, and, and what's funny about that is you, you know, you've seen it uh, you know, on the timeline. It seems as though like, while. Yes, we're down. You know, there's folks that are down on Kuzma. It seems as though they're misunderstanding what this struggle is. It's not that he can't poop, it's not that he can't still go out and get you 20 to 25. You know, depending obviously, depending upon the circumstances, depending on the opportunities, it's just that he's not a good fit. For this current, you know, this current roster, it has nothing to do. It has nothing to do with saying that you go. He he can't still be a very effective player. You know, the very effect. You know, anywhere from very effective to very good on a given night. It just, you know, it's just not a good fit here. So I, I'm I'm with you on Rose. I I I actually I actually am far more in favor of of, of a Rose acquisition than I ever have been. Uh, I, I just hope that it would not come at the expense of Kuz because I think that you can utilize him for, uh, you know, for, for to bring in additional parts, other parts.
0: No, I agree with you. And um, the thing with Derrick Rose as well is he's still on the contract next season as well. And I feel like Le- A LeBron's played with him. I know it didn't go well in Cleveland. However, they have played together and by all accounts, they are, you know, friendly with each other. You know, there wasn't any beef or any malice there. You know, when that whole thing broke out, but it was just a case of it didn't work. Unfortunately, he was still getting back from injuries, as far as I can, you know.
1: Mhm. No, it, I mean, like, like I said, in years past, especially when he was still dinged up, I, I wasn't interested. Like, I, like, I, you know, you know me. While I, I love, you know, I, I'm nostalgic, but I'm not sentimental. If that makes sense? Yeah. You know, I, I love the history of the game. I really appreciate the players, but uh, if somebody can't, you know, if somebody can't go or somebody can't stay on the court, I'm not interested. Um. Yes, he, you know, he he looked he looks right. He looks ready to go. He looks so,
0: right, and he's improved his jump shot as well, which is the biggest problem mm-hmm. I've always had with Derrick Rose. He looks like a legit three point shooter now, um, which helps a lot. Because then that opens up his lane. Because while he has lost athleticism, if you have to guard him out to the free point line, good luck stopping him getting to the rim. Is all I'm gonna say.
1: You, you you know you just hit it on the head. Um, you know part of the reason why I wasn't necessarily a believer uh, was because he you know he, he wasn't able to straight he wasn't able to space the court. He wasn't able to you know and and forgive me I'm looking it up right now. Yeah, you know he's in he's in the low 30s. If he can just be respectable, you know, get that up to the mid 30s, you're right. Good luck guarding him because while he can't jump over you like he may have been be able to in the past, he still has that burst. He still has that you know, you know uh, the, the quick crossover at at the top. He can still play the two man game. He can you know he can uh, and, and really and really get into you know get into the teeth of your defense. So yeah, no, um, I, I'm right there with you. While while I personally am all gun ho about uh, Darren Collinson, if it wound up being Derrick Rose, like I said, as long as it's not at the expense of Kuz, I'm 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 there for it. Oh, I
0: agree with you. And the thing we, you see He's 31% shooting this season mm-hmm. However um, we, You'll attest this With me as well When you're playing on a really bad Detroit team Where you're basically the only good yeah. player And everything's focused on stopping you scoring The looks that you'll get From three point range will be a lot different Than on this Laker team
1: one thousand percent especially in stretches where he's playing on the same playing at the same time as LeBron playing at the same time as Anthony Davis and that can make that can make a tremendous difference
0: and it's another guy who I wouldn't say has been humble because I don't think he ever got to the point where Dwight was but he's seen the realities of like almost being out of the league and this is a guy who ideally should have been a perennial or MVP should have been an NBA champion by now so I think while he might have, might enjoy being in Detroit, I think he him potentially going to LA would be him seeing it as a blessing. Really, you know, t- to get to that stage where he really, you know, unfortunately his body broke down. Same thing like Demarcus Cousins earlier on. But
1: mm-hmm. well,
0: it's a place where he should have been four or five years ago.
1: I, let let me say this, and we don't even have to mince words about this it's January 21st where would you rather be Detroit or LA now I'm not even talking about the teams I'm talking about the cities in January the 21st of January there's no like, there's no question so beyond being able to go from you know a team that's probably not going you know probably not going to make the postseason to a team that is on a title run you also have the ability to like get out of Detroit and get out of that snow and get out of that. And being L.A., of course, of course you would see it as, you know, as as a blessing.
0: No, absolutely. Um, I feel like we've touched on them. I feel like as long as we get one of those two without giving up Cal Kuzma, I'll see that as a complete, huge, huge positive for the Lakers.
1: Fully agreed. Fully agreed. Now, the one one scenario where I will just quickly say, if you have to put Kuzma in that deal and it's a multi-team deal, if you get Rose and another part, that's different. You didn't get Rose and and, 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 a, and a wing defender. That's different. That's a conversation I'm willing to have. Because ultimately, you know this is all circling back to me wanting a wing defender.
0: <laughs> let's let's touch on Kyle Kuzma. All right. Uh, this this will be the last topic that we discuss. What <laughs> it's a problem. It's a problem that the Lakers have. Uh, he doesn't seem like he's happy coming off the bench. Mm-hmm. It seem like he fits in with LeBron and Anthony Davis as a as a person. I don't know. Like, he keeps on throwing like little shots and jabs about his role and the energy and stuff like that. I don't know if you've realized that. Mhm, I've seen it. What do yeah. you think?
1: I understand that he's a young guy. That you know, you know, when he came to LA, they were at their depths. Uh, and he was a, he he probably saw himself as a part of you know bringing them back, bringing back the you know the storied franchise you know, uh, you know of the Los Angeles Lakers. So I understand why you know he he may have thought that, and there's some disappointment there. But quite frankly, ultimately, once they got LeBron, you and I have talked about this. Once they got LeBron, they they were letting you know it. Does, all of this little young stuff that's cute. We are not we are going for it. So he's had a couple years in this. He's had he's had, you know, he's had a you know half a year to figure out how to get comfortable alongside those guys. And while, you know, people would say, well, 40 games, that's not enough. Ultimately, that's too bad. Just like, you know, just like, you know, no one wanted to give up on Brandon Ingram so young. And you see the year that he's having right now. And no one wanted to give up on Lonzo so young. And you see the year that he's starting to put together right now and and, and so on and so forth. It's just too bad. The Lakers have a shelf life of, the, you know, like of only a couple years, if not this year and then figuring out next year for next year. So nobody has time for Kyle Kuzma to continue to develop and to figure out or find a way to, you know, to, to to grow comfortable in that role. He's had enough time. And I know this sounds cold hearted and cold blooded, but if you're the Lakers, you cannot afford to just say like, ah, OK, let's take the chance that he'll figure it out down the stretch. Because you, you really don't know what's going to happen with Anthony Davis next year. You really don't know what's going to happen and how long LeBron is going to, be you know, is going to be playing at this level. You never know how long his body is going to allow it to take place. So I, I, while, you know, I, I don't want to sound, you know, totally heartless. It's time to move on from Kyle Kuzma.
0: I agree with you. And it's a sad part to get to because I, I really like Kyle Kuzma. I think, you know, he seems like a nice enough person. I feel like, you know, he works really hard. Um, I feel like he's the he's the last remnant we really have of the young core mm-hmm. that we love. I mean, Alex Caruso aside, you know. Yeah. But it will be a shame to see him leave. But I do feel like it's the right time for him to leave.
1: And you know what? He'll go. Honestly, you put Kyle Kuzma in a situation where he can, you know, where he knows he's going to get 15 to 20 shots a night. Different player. Totally different player. And I know, you know, this, you know, even last year, if I'm saying, didn't he almost average 19 points a game or, yeah. or, or was that the first year? Now, that was the second year, you know, second year. A completely different player if, you know, depending upon the circumstances. Just like we talked about Brandon Ingram. Brandon Ingram, I don't know that he's putting up 26 a game if he's on this current Lakers team. That's not to say he could not eventually get to that point, but he wouldn't necessarily have the ability or have the opportunities afforded to him that he has in New Orleans. I'd like to see the same for Kyle Kuzma.
0: I agree with you. I definitely agree with you. Last question I'm going to ask you. It's a bit of a big one, but still. Realistic trade packages. What do you think we could get? For Kyle Kuzma.
1: I think if you can find a way to to snag Robert Covington, and I do recognize that his salary is twelve million a year, so obviously it, you know you wouldn't just be able to put Kuzma into a deal. You'd have to met, you know throw some other contracts in there. I see a lot of people saying like, oh, just throw KCP in there for one. You, you know you you don't no. want to just get rid of KCP. No. Uh, specifically because of the, you know, he's been perfect in his exact role, and two, he's got a no trade clause, so they they would have to get creative with it, and you know whether you're throwing in, a, you know, multiple second round, you know, options moving forward, and you know maybe some of the, some of those other guys, you know, kind of stacking their contracts together that don't have a a no trade situation. But if I'm the Lakers, I I'm going after a guy like Robert Covington because I think that would be the perfect addition, especially if you're able to bring in one of the two point guards that we've talked about.
0: No, absolutely. I see Robert Covington as an option. I see Bogdanovich from the Kings as an option. I love Bogdan Bogdanovich. I think he's so good.
1: Just to chime on that, uh, a lot of people in, on my timeline and in, in the, within the Lakers fan base were poo-pooing that and talking about, oh, you know, we don't want that guy. Quite frankly, Bogdan Bogdanovich is a better player. A more consistent player and would fit better in, you know, like in a, in a role for this Lakers team than Kyle Kuzman does. So, I know, I know. I'm not being disrespectful, but Bogdan Bogdanovich, you know, he's every bit as good as Kyle Kuzma.
0: Bogdan Bogdanovich has been, I think, um, we have a word in England, and it's shafted in his mm-hmm. role in the Kings. I feel like mm-hmm. he should be a starter in that team, but for whatever reason, he's not. I don't understand it. I feel like he's one of those guys that could easily be a consistent third option with LeBron and AD. He's a good enough playmaker as well. So even if you don't add a Collison or a Rose, he could easily be a secondary play. I've watched this guy play since he was 15. So
1: <laughs> I, I, I I have a guess as to why you know he's been shafted. Go on. He's a restricted free agent this year, and I, and it really does feel as though they're trying to keep him in a, at a certain level, so that he's not, so that they they're not obligated to you know, pay him as much as they would have if they were if they were starting him and playing him as much as they should have, and getting
0: the shots that he should have as well. Yep, he, he should he should be like we said, in my opinion, on like Kings team, he should be the first option. I, I'm sorry, but like I feel like he's that good.
1: I Even really if he's do. the second or third option. He's not getting the, he's not getting those types of looks right now, and that's what, you know that that's not right. And
0: I think he's a much better defender than Karl Kuzma, much better, especially on the perimeter. He's another big body that you can throw at the likes of Kawhi and Paul George and stuff like that. He he'd well, be he in has my, the
1: ability to guard twos, and that in itself is you know is a tremendous help. Exactly, Kuzma cannot guard twos.
0: I feel like Bogdanovich can guard twos and threes, and when you have that. That's huge. Especially yeah, when you it, get to the playoffs.
1: Yeah. So yeah, I, I I agree with you on on that on that angle. Um, the only question that I have is would you do it knowing that he's you know that he's a restricted free agent? Like would you do it like, with the anticipation of paying him as one of the main guys moving forward? Yes. Okay. Only because, because- because I think you can only make that deal if you've determined that, yeah, he's going to be a main guy.
0: I'll preface it with this. If he is as good as I think he is, which uh-huh. I think he is. Yeah. Um, if there is a potential free agent in 2021 coming up that wants to join the Lakers and Anthony Davis and LeBron James, wink, wink, if you know what I mean.
1: Uh-huh.
0: Um, I'm not going to mention any names. He's Greek Nigerian. <laughs> I'll just I'll just put that out.
1: Um, <laughs> So you think so you so you think the Lakers are going to end up hiring um, Masai Ujiri in in a role, huh? Uh,
0: absolutely, he's totally going to go work on the Rob Palinka.
1: <laughs> yeah, that that one I don't know. <laughs> that, that one I don't know about. Uh, I would love to see it though. I would love to, you know, like yeah, like it, that was actually the only uh, gripe that I had with that decision, by the way, um, because I I was still holding out hope. That we would try that we would try to steal Messiah because I do think that would be a path uh, to that individual that you were speaking of.
0: I still think the path to Giannis is wide open, especially if I, I feel like AD is not going anywhere. Lebron's I, yeah. Lebron's not going anywhere. It's, if you if you want Bogdanovich, you can sign him to a longer term contract in, in the summer, and then you can see a potential situation like what. What the Nets did with Fikadi. I know it's a sign and trade a year after, Ah. but it's still giving the book something. You
1: you know technically LeBron can opt out that same summer. Yeah. And I'm not saying opt out to leave. I'm saying opt out to make things a little bit easier. We'll still have his bird rights. He technically could make things easier, but you know I'm not going to count another man's money, and I'm certainly not going to count another man's money two years, you know, two summers from now. But yeah. That could get that could get very interesting.
0: No, so so my my whole thing with Bogdanovich is um I say it a lot more English size than I would if I was talking to someone from you know in, in my native tongue. But mm-hmm. um the, I would sign Bogdanovich to a big contract because, A if you don't get Yanis. That's a still a really good third option to have on your team.
1: It uh, certainly is.
0: And then you still, I think he's that good that you'll have the flexibility to trade him if you need to trade him.
1: And not only that, he spaces for both. Like Bogdanovich is a complementary is is a complementary third piece to both of your first two options.
0: He's perfect so, for it. Yeah,
1: I, like like I'm not gonna hold my breath, but I would love to see it. I I really would. Not I th- like I think th- I think that would put them over the top.
0: I I feel like that would be even if we don't. Like I said, even if we don't get that extra point guard. He's good enough as a secondary playmaker alongside LeBron, in my opinion, that he would just put us over the top as that one player.
1: You know, it, I, I can see that. And specific look, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but if I'm not mistaken, he's averaging over three assists a game this year with that Sacramento team in yeah. that role. So yeah, I could, I, I could be here for that.
0: No, I, as as you know, I, I do. I I try to pay attention to as much basketball as possible.
1: Oh yeah, I know. it's part of the reason why i i thoroughly enjoy your timeline
0: thank you man i appreciate that i appreciate that a lot let's wrap up now um jabari where can people hit you up as always thank you so much for coming on as you know it's always a pleasure to have you on here
1: Honestly, the pleasure is mine. We have great conversations, and I, I feel like even if we did not talk about the Lakers, we would have you know the the conversation would be you know just as entertaining. And we just need as, to do that
0: one time. We need to do that one time. We just let, talk about the NBA wide.
1: Let, just let me know. You know I'm you know I'm down for it. It's what I do every week. Um, I'm <laughs> easy Jabari uh, on Twitter at Jabari Davis NBA, uh, the Hot Takes and Shot Fakes you know podcast, as well as uh, in Hoop Magazine. Oh, so yeah, yeah so the, the annual. You know what? This will be my one time I can do this. The annual um, Hoop Magazine came out on Christmas. It's a really good edition. I'm in there. I've got a feature on Russell Westbrook that Alan was kind enough, I can say this now, was kind enough to take a look at in events.
0: Yes, I was. I was just about to plug it. I was about to say, <laughs> still buy your Hoop Magazine with the Westbrook edit, which I thought was sublime. and. Right. I feel like the whole Russell Westbrook in Houston dynamic has been really interesting just from the point of view that I don't think Westbrook's been the problem in Houston. I think Westbrook's been really good in Houston.
1: It, the problem is the is their best player. It always has been. And, well, excuse me, and the coach. The coach is terrible.
0: The, the coach allows – the coach was really good until he allowed Harden too much. That's my view on Houston. I like Mike D'Antoni a lot. He's gone too far the other way now.
1: Yep. So I was never a huge fan of his. I, you know, I had the had the opportunity to interface with him when I would the you know, um, I think my second year when I was covering. Um so I wasn't necessarily the you know the big, you know as much of a fan as others have been, but I actually agree with you on that point. Um I think he's terrible now. I don't think he was terrible when he got there. So that's, you know, that that's what that's a big problem.
0: No, but like I said, definitely give Jabari a follow. Check it out if you can the Hoop Mag. It's definitely well worth a read. You know, everyone in there does fantastic work, not just Jabari, but I will give Jabari a special shout-out in there. I appreciate it. You can yeah. follow – no problem, man, Anytime. You can follow me at ramich 3 on Twitter. You can hit me up wherever. You know, please be sure to leave us a five-star rating on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, sorry, as it's called now. I keep, I keep on going back to
1: iTunes. Thank you for listening. Take care.